Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California and reviewed two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off Selfless and him. Ew, he's dusty. (laughs) We're dusting him off. Dusting him off. Dust that shoulder off. We asked. You answered. And Mike has no idea. It's a sack of surprise. (laughs) That was just straight up Tim Allen. That was so home improvement. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if if you haven't i recommend the the documentary too funny to fail on hulu it's about the dana carvey show but if you don't have time for that just look up dana carvey home improvement it's like a two-minute clip i don't want to spoil it but it's one of the funniest juxtapositions you will ever see in your life i'm so excited yes. for that i have not seen it so anya's been through a lot in 1120 years mm-hmm. 725 at this point a lady never tells a lady, no we're rounding it down honey so i asked the stackers what is your favorite anya moment mm. frankie said she likes the quote i'm 1120 years old just give me a freaking beer <laughs> megan liked that moment of pure joy she had when the buffy bot asked her how her money was oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alina said, can I trade in the children for more cash? (laughs) Which we discussed on Facebook. You can, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's how you win. Not only in the game. (laughs) That's how you win in life. In the game, guys. Trade in your children for money. Paul said, it's a ritual sacrifice. With pie. (laughs) Oh, I love Anya. (laughs) I know every single time someone comes I'm like, that is also amazing. She is great. Yeah. Jim said her introduction to the concept of a world of nothing but shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus said bara bara himble gemination. <laughs> Raven said that Anya is one of her all-time favorite characters ever. Aww. She thinks people who say Chandler from Friends is the ultimate example of a quick-witted, sarcastic character are wrong. It is Anya. She's the most quotable character in the show. She undergoes a huge transformation in character development, and it hasn't been talked about enough. Um, she says that she also forgets that Anya dies. She lives in complete denial. But her best Anya moment was hard to pin down. Mm-hmm. Off the top of her head, she listed four. She said, uh, number one, her monologue about Joyce's death. Aww. The bunny song and her general bunny fear. Uh, is it difficult or time consuming? And the dance of capitalist superiority. <laughs> Katie also said Anya is my all-time favorite character in Buffy. In the episode Selfless, where Anya, while unconscious and impaled by a huge sword, has a dream slash flashback to Once More with Feeling. Oh. I know. She's in the apartment with Xander, who has fallen asleep, and sings I Will Be His Missus. Katie loves the whole thing. It's so unexpected. Poor Anya is in a really bad place. And then, boom, we are thrown into the most beautiful scene of her dancing about the apartment. Mm. The song is sweet and funny. She looks amazing. And this scene of Anya's amazingness goes on for such a long time that you almost forget that music grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. Anya's impaled against the wall. Katie felt her heart sink to her stomach. 
And she says her favorite part is Anya's beautiful song to Xander, but the whole roller coaster of scenes jumping back and forth was so powerful. It was um, definitely worth a mention. Yeah. And then a number of people, just practically everyone mentioned uh, her speech in the body about yep. Joyce mm-hmm. being dead and not understanding why she can't just get back in it and not mm. be dead anymore. Oh, yeah. And now I have depressed Mike. I know. And it's like, yeah, she still does stuff in the rest of the season, but like in so many ways, this episode feels like Anya's last big hurrah to me. So what what is your answer? What is your favorite Anya moment? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, probably what I was to say this whole episode we're about to uh, talk about, but mm. um, for some reason, it just always comes back to the little dance she does with Dawn. The dance of capital superiority. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the dance of capitalist superiority because it's like shows at once like the the kind of crassness of just being like it's the dance of capitalist superiority, but it's still like a fun dance she's yeah. doing with somebody. She's not doing it like, but fuck the little guy yeah. who makes no money. Mm-hmm. She's just genuinely happy, and I like the juxtaposition yeah. of that with yeah. Xander just so in love with this quirky mm-hmm. girl. As a quirky yeah. girl, I appreciate men mm-hmm. who can who can appreciate when you're a giant weirdo and love yeah. you for your weirdness. Yeah. And she said, like, the, the, the roller girl outfit was just, just like, Oh, so you silly. love that oh, outfit. I do love that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> you love roller girl on you. What, what is it? I, I definitely don't have any pictures of it hung up on my ceiling. What are you, what are you talking about, guys? Uh, let's go to the next episode. <laughs> uh, so I've been thinking about this a lot. And I've, I've got it. Hmm, so I've got my top three. Number three being the speech in the body, which mm-hmm. I think I think is Emma Caulfield's yeah as like best moment act like performance. It's it's just she's amazing. Killer. She does such a good job and like really I feel like speaks for all of us when like no human can really conceptualize death. It is too mm-hmm. big for us, and yeah. I l- love that it takes this non-human to really express mm-hmm. that perfectly. Of like yeah. it's mortal and stupid, and mm-hmm. just stop being dead. Runner up has to be. Uh, I agree with Katie the um, I will be his missus moment because mm. especially when you put it back to back with her fight with Buffy, it just really oh the this this great moment and then just the way your heart drops to your stomach when it cuts back to her with the sword in her chest. Um, but I think my favorite is odd with the oh, two flashbacks okay. we get yeah. of her. At, it, 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 Anya's actual first self, her first yeah. life, not mm-hmm. Anyanka, not yeah. Anya, but odd. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing her with her bunnies and, and with Olaf and then her foray into vengeance. I just, I like seeing the start of Anyanka. I think that's, that's well done. I like the way it's shot. I love oh. the the grainy film mm-hmm. overlay that they've got on it. The Sierra yeah. color tone. Well, you've always been an odd duck. You ruined my point later that her name is Odd. 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 However you want to pronounce it. But like, she's fucking odd. <laughs> like, it's, like, every time they said Odd, like I had the subtitles mm-hmm. on because I always have the subtitles yeah. on. But like, okay, A-U-D, Odd becomes Anyanka, becomes Anya, but like, mm-hmm. Depending on who's saying it, she's odd. And you're like, yep. Ah. True. And that endears her to me more. <laughs> I am also odd. Hello, I am also odd. <laughs> oh my God, we have the same name, you guys. Oh my gosh, besties. <laughs> we could share monogram towels. <laughs> so speaking of selfless and Anya 
and her defining episode maybe should be her real death scene we'll talk about it coming up because we're gonna head into the sunnydale stacks and open the books on selfless So we start with Dawn's philosophy on school. Do what everyone else does. Wear what everyone else wears. Say what everyone else says. Wow, was that so high school? Yep. <laughs> that is just, that is not a lesson I learned in high school. Mm-hmm. I think I learned that like the last month of high school. That I was like, oh, is this what you guys were doing? Oh, this is why I didn't fit in. Oh. Yeah, it was kind of a thing like, I, I don't know if I was consciously trying to do it but it definitely was like well i don't want to do what everyone else doing in high school it's like oh that was that was the wrong choice if i wanted to have more friends it's just been like you guys i feel like high school is all about like i you should just do what everyone else does Mm -hmm. so you can fit in and be like everyone else and then the second you're out of high school you're like how do i be my own person and be different than everyone else because we're all just really lame Mm mm-hmm and and nobody at college is going to be impressed because you are wearing the right pants. No. And especially like, you know, like we were both theater majors. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the theater kid. Congratulations. We were all the theater kids. Yeah. No one cares. Now you're in the theater department. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Or like, I'm sure if it was the same, it's like you were, you know, a biology major. Oh, you're good at science. Guess what? We're all good at science. This is the science department. <laughs> Uh, so this is all because Willow's going back to school. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversation. How's Anya doing? You know, they're all talking about Anya. Mm-hmm. So how is she doing? Uh oh, editing joke. Is it a joke? Uh, it's an editing something. <laughs> uh, she is. She is doing her part. Uh, for she, Greek life. She spilled so much spaghetti on all those guys. <laughs> That's all that happened. That reminds me of my college roommate that was really into throwing, quote, dinner parties. But they were all like, she was really into dinner parties. Okay. But you know how you can get like a box of pasta for like 70 cents Mm -hmm. and a can of ragu for like a dollar? Dinner party. (laughs) Like, that's fine if you're just having some pasta for yourself. But like, (laughs) maybe, maybe some bread, some sides on there. Class that up a bit. So she is sucking the hearts out of frat boys. And I don't really have a problem with this. Oh, hearts. <laughs> what do you think? It doesn't rhyme with anything. <laughs> I know, but still. You heard the word sucking and you jumped on it. <laughs> <laughs> My trap paid off. <laughs> uh. Okay, so she's taking vengeance on an entire frat. Mm. And we're regretting that choice. She's not like reveling it in yeah. the way that we've seen her revel in it mm-hmm. before or like look back fondly and like oh remember when i you know impaled all those dudes <gasps> killed a dozen dozen 20 year old with a creepy ass spider no instead she's like reconsidering her life and we get a flashback oh. to odd odd what an odd choice odd odd however you want to spell it a-u-d who loves she fucking loves those bunnies uh which is just it's just awesome but my question is so like is her fear of bunnies did it develop from her like hatred of her old life or like like spite of olaf or is it just like 
she used to love bunnies. We're not going to show you exactly what happened with bunnies. And now she's deathly afraid of them. I, you know, that's always been a question I've had. I don't know. It is very possible that like negative association with this Mm. like defining terrible moment. Yeah. It's it's especially what is her terrible ideas about Mm. bunnies that like, She's a little suspicious of them. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they need such good eyesight for? What yeah. are they plotting? And then they're going to hop over my, like, they have no feeling. Mm-hmm. I can kind of feel that, like, in a moment where you feel like you're, no one cares about you and cares about your feeling and, like, this dude that you love just plotted against you, that, like, associating them with that. But also, like, yeah, very possible that something happened later, too, that we didn't see. Here's an idea that could possibly support the uh, it's a it's an association with the the event because she sets up that she's going to be going to deliver bunnies to everybody. Yes. Maybe that's how she finds Olaf, you know. Oh, yep. Nope. She's Cannon. like, oh, I'm, I'm delivering this bunny to, you know, Renvig as a sign of like good faith. And then what? That's not a bunny on top of you, Renvig. Yeah. Yeah. Renvig just looks like a giant bunny because she's hairy all over. And those big floppy ears. <laughs> so all this to say, we we also see the return of Olaf, who is not a troll. Oh, was, hey guys, if you had bets going, I think that's uh that's probably right at about where where the, the heart of them are. I, I took the under, so sorry. I thought it was gonna be I thought you were gonna start off the episode just yelling troll. Troll in fact he was out fighting trolls I'd like to point out that later on someone else is going to yell troll like we know who Kristen's favorite character of the week is that fucking, guy fucking love Olaf <laughs> this is also funny because you know Anya who cares about money mm-hmm. and things and having them and capitalism here it's the opposite mm-hmm. where she wants to just like give people bunnies out of like mm-hmm. charitable sense of neighborliness and community mm. which is not her usual thing yeah and then it's like kind of interesting with the later flashback where you see she's a really like almost like ardent socialist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. interesting to see her political evolution yeah yeah so yeah, we get the whole thing about Renvig, the load-bearing bar matron, jealous of her. Mm-hmm. I like that this made-up language sounds funny. I think it's just Swedish. Is it actual Swedish? I believe so. And that they actually learned Swedish. That's amazing. Well, like, they didn't learn their whole language, but they sure. learned their lines, their even lines. though they weren't supposed to. Oh. Um, They were supposed to just, like, learn them well enough so that when they dub it over, because the whole scene was originally planned... To be like done in Swedish, quote unquote. Yeah. But then later dubbed over badly. Oh, that'd be but funny then, too. But then they they memorized the lines in Swedish and performed it. And when they filmed it, uh, the director was saying like, "Yeah, I loved it so much. I, I, you know, I did a version where I put the dubbing on, but it was just better without it." That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. their Swedish is great. Sorry for any Swedish like listeners who got very offended by this silly made-up language. I just, I mean, like, you just assume no one's going to put in that effort. You're yeah. just going to be like, oh, like, I, because I don't, I, you know, this is mm-hmm. so long ago and who speaks what dialect. Like, yeah. just gibber a bunch and it will be in the past, mm-hmm. you know. But that's awesome that they put in that effort. Uh, so we flashback to Anya covered in blood in this frat house. 
I've been there. Okay. I mean, I didn't murder that many. Just don't tell the cops about it, guys. Keep yeah. it on the DL. It's just stackers ears only. Yep. Be cool. Okay, I guess be cool. Help, <laughs> help cover up this multiple murder. <laughs> uh, we got to Spike talking to Buffy, who is wearing white. Uh, They're in the basement. Uh, he's explaining how he can't trust what he sees. She offers to help him. He's mm-hmm. still remorseful. Yeah. He and I are on good terms now. Yeah. I am I am good with him. Well, and now I think that the show's done enough to show that he is different. He has changed since he got his soul. It's not the same character who just went off the rails the end of last season. So I could I can definitely side with him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the real Buffy turns the corner. Uh-oh. First, you guys. Two things here. Yep. First of all, just fun side note, the uh hair that hairstyle that buffy has as as the first um was the hair she got specifically styled for her wedding interesting this was something she filmed right after her wedding oh um found out uh do, do some research there um second this is also a scene that causes controversy because people talk about how the first is touching yeah hair she like goes to like caress his mm-hmm. head my thing is it's clear from the shot of the real Buffy seeing him that he has his hand over his head. Oh. And so, like, he's so far gone that he's, like, physically doing what he sees the first do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And not even realizing it. That's what I. That's how I was interpreted this. I was just, I mean, like, her in that shot where she, like, caresses his cheek, mm-hmm. her hand goes behind his head. Yeah. You don't see his scanner hair move. Yeah. So, like, fine. Yeah. Also, I don't care, you guys. Yeah, and like <laughs> the idea of like can't take corporeal form. I'm fine with it being like a ghost that sometimes it can kind of make your hair move a little because that's fine too. Like that's not a significant change where it's like, oh no, now everything's different. They can have the effect of a slight breeze. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't care. It's a nice moment, whether or not that yeah. like it necessarily a hundred percent fits in with the canonical the, the sign. rules of the first. Fine. What a, it's a good yeah. moment. Yeah, I love the confusion that James Marsters shows when she starts talking mm-hmm. and like the Buffy that was nice to him mm-hmm. disappears, and this other Buffy is talking. But like before he goes crazy again, mm-hmm. he just looks so utterly confused. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. So she tells him to get out of the basement. Yeah. We'll come back to that later. Uh, Willow's at school, and we find out how she passed last year. Whoa. Naughty, naughty Willow. Using magic to yeah. cheat? Uh-uh. Mm. That is very not Willow. Uh-uh. But, I mean, it's it's the way she was going. She was using I mean, it's everything. in character, yeah. yeah. And it makes sense, because I feel like at this point last season, we were like, uh, did she drop out of school? What's going on here? Yeah. She runs into Anya coming out of the frat house. And but another like great thing that I think is really hard to pull off, believable like guilt acting that isn't mm. so obvious that anybody who would see it would be like, oh, you obviously just killed a bunch of dudes. It's really hard to lie mm-hmm. while making it clear that you're lying, but not making it so obvious that you're lying yeah. that the other actor looks dumb. Yeah. 
Like yeah. it is a very, I mean, cause it's a very delicate. We talk about a lot, but like, mm-hmm. you know, certain characters are too good at lying that yeah. like, okay, so are you, is that actor just acting that way or are they lying about acting that mm-hmm. way? And then what's weird for me is when it's like somebody is so obviously lying and nobody can tell. That's the thing like lazy comedies do that a lot where yeah. it's like, uh, I was just uh, 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 riding this boat whale. Uh. It's like nobody would believe somebody talking yeah. like that. They'd be like, well, you're crazy. You're obviously not doing that. You're doing something else. Let's go to jail. Yeah. Uh, she says she was at the frat because she has a boyfriend. They were having tons of sex, which is a believable lie. Yeah. I'd be, uh, and it's sure. Clever lie. Right? But she's got blood on her wrist. So that's like, mm, mm, there. Well, what is money into? Maybe she's. Mm-hmm. So Willow checks out the frat house. She runs into a girl hiding in the closet. Yeah. I think it is really well shot. They they take their time with like Willow walking through the room mm-hmm. and just kind of like seeing the blood and then seeing the bodies, but we don't see the bodies. I'm, they do a good job here. Side note, Willow's got a great outfit. I like her outfit. Yeah, I I actually I, I have that somewhere in my notes. Like this, this seems like if I were making the season seven Willow action figure, I might choose this outfit. I like it. It's like I think it's like a red sweater, brown skirt, red tights, mm-hmm. brown boots. Like it's yeah. very matchy. It's very I, I like it. Yeah, it's good. So the girl says, "I take it back." And tells Willow that um, this frat boy that she was dating dumped her in front of the whole frat as a joke. Mm-hmm. G- great joke, by the way. What? It's like when yeah. people say, oh, it's a prank. It's like, no, it's just you it's being just, an asshole. That's just mean. And it's just mean. She wished, she said, I wish you could know what it was like to have your heart ripped out. I can, I can accept this because I'm assuming she is a student from another city who is just studying here at Sunnydale. If you grew up in Sunnydale, you should know better by now. Cordelia grew up in Sunnydale and she didn't. Yeah, but she was kind of self-centered. She probably didn't. Okay, fine. It's yeah. un- it's university. Lots of people to come from yeah. all over. Yeah. Uh, cue CGI Aragog. Oh, it's real rough. The CGI. It is. Like, Why is season seven so cheap? What was their budget? I don't know. Well, like, I think it's, and part of it might be some of that thing of like, they think it's better than it is. I just want a practical spider, you guys. And like, there's just little things. Like the shot where it's Willow and the spider in the background. If the spider was just out of focus, it would be 10 times better. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that it's like clearly in focus and there's nothing else to indicate that it's some kind of like split focus shot. Just makes it look like, oh, that was clearly added in later. It's too shiny and clean. I don't, yeah. I mean, you know what would be better? Muppet Spider. Muppet Spider, they'll make your dreams come true. Yeah. Muppet Spider, they'll spin a web or two. I just want a Muppet. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Uh, but yeah, this looks cheap as fuck. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm much happier with later the episode where it's like, it's somewhere in the trees. I'm like, that's better. Fine. That's, that's fine. I'll take that. Anything. Here's my thing about bad CGI mm-hmm. versus good CGI. And yep. this is, I swear to God, season seven Buffy is like the cheapest bad looking CGI. It, it looks like the mid nineties effects from Xena or Hercules. It's so, I mean like all of it from, from tremors worm under the sidewalk. Oh. Like later on the blood on the seal is going to be the worst, <laughs> the worst. It, there's no weight to, 
to it. No, that's that's a good way to put it. That's the really big difference, I think, between CGI, bad CGI and good CGI. And Chris and I were just talking about this because I love completely unironically Pacific Rim. Oh, okay. Love so, Pacific yeah. Rim to the point that, like, I have claimed our next two cats must be named Gypsy and Kaiju. Well, that's a I've, bit. I've made okay. claim to our next two pets. I've never gotten to name a pet. Anyways, oh, I've had pets all my life. I've never gotten to name one. Gypsy and Kaiju is happening. I love that movie, you guys. It's so good. All right. But the trailers for the new one look so bad and the big yeah. differences in the first one those robots are enormous they're the mm-hmm. size of the fucking sears tower yeah. and they've got weight to them mm-hmm. everything they do you're like this is an earthquake every time this robot takes yeah. a step it is earth shadowing mm-hmm. shattering shadowing shattering it shadows the whole earth it's so big <laughs> shadow cast but the trailers for the new ones i'm like they're moved so fast fast it's it's nothing and like in city streets where something that big that's supposed to be as powerful as that thing is it should be like smashing the streets it's made of fucking steel that thing weighs a ton it is gonna crumble the sewer beneath beneath it and it looks like it weighs as much as a feather and that's the problem with the cgi here Mm -hmm. is it and like a lot of video the difference between good video games and bad video games is does it have weight does it look like you're actually interacting with the world around you are Mm -hmm. you a fluffy cloud yeah i mean i'm a fluffy cloud but in a different way Uh, so she magics a bubble. Mm-hmm. She goes black eyed here, and like I like that touch. Evil's out mm-hmm. on the girl. I love that. You see like shades yeah. of Dark Willow. She loses her temple temper, throws it outside. Black eyed Willow's mean. Yeah. She's mean. Simpering. Like, oh. like hey, I was just. I mean. It's a scary spider. I don't like even weightless scary spider. Yeah. I'm scared of spiders that are smaller than my pinky. I think it was huge. Yeah. And it had a weird, like, stomach mouth coming out. That looks nothing like the stomach mouth it has later. (laughs) How do you really feel, Mike? I feel like maybe, so just spent more than two days on the the CGI spider. Maybe you shouldn't have been like, uh, here, let me take this screensaver. Put some, put some spider. Uh, 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 the worst fucking screensaver. Why would you do it? Koi pond. You want a koi pond screensaver. No spiders. <laughs> hey, Mike. What? Mike. What? Thrall! <sighs> Thrall! I knew what's coming. Yep. Yep. There is a character who, who yells troll, so I, I, I can't. I can't. I have to give you this. There's a character. Thrall! <laughs> he even says because he's Swedish he says it with a Swedish accent just like the movie troll in which people yell <laughs> it's to say prefer troll to the tale of the city of Nilbog <laughs> you guys I feel so validated in this thing good, good life twists <laughs> Okay, so this guy gets it. <laughs> Olaf is a troll. Oh, God. Odd has taken out her vengeance on him mm-hmm. by casting a spell because he slept with Renvig, yep. the load-bearing bar matron. 
the way that Baltic woman on that one. This is the this is just a great shot. The the profile shot of odd mm-hmm. like first off all these flashbacks i love the film grain overlay to make yeah. it look old i love this sierra i don't know instagram filter with the sure sure color scheme coloring that that thing sierra it Hue. looks a little brownie <laughs> it's a yellowish brown uh but this profile shot where you know you just see odd just completely emotionless reacting mm-hmm. to olaf Trying to get support of yeah. the townspeople, but they're terrified because it's a truck. He's doing an Olaf impression. <laughs> um, and so while she's standing there, De Hoffren just walks into the shot mm-hmm. and this great profile shot where they're not, they're talking to each other, but not looking at each other. They're looking at, I love that shot. <laughs> it was so good. Very dramatic. Yeah. Um, it makes me, it reminds me of this um, scene in Glee back when I watched like season one of Glee or this must've been season two where, um, Leah Michelle is sitting mm-hmm. in like row B of the theater and Adina Menzel, like she discovers Adina Menzel is her mom and she sits like two rows behind her and to the left and they're talking to each other without looking at each other. And they're, you know, talking about how they're, you know, we're both very dramatic. Just look at the way we're sitting. <laughs> I believe it's Adele Dezine. <laughs> I trust John Travolta, and that's what he told me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so De Hoffman offers Odd a job as um, a vengeance demon, mm-hmm. and that's that's how she became Anyanka. Yep. Got her new name. And I like that that's now like a part of the mythology of the lore that when you, when you become a vengeance demon, and I'm assuming that all vengeance demons are former humans, probably. Sure. sure. Um, and that you get a new name that's more demon-y. That would be why Cecily becomes yeah. Halfrek. Mm-hmm. I feel like, the, and that's just like a fun mythology to have it not just be like, oh, there's like another demon that's just like, this is what this demon does. It's like, mm-hmm. no, they have a story of their humanity and how they become a demon. It's not a nice, different version of having a human character become a monster that's not just another vampire or werewolf. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like the idea that like, odd may be your name, but Anyanka is who you are. Mm-hmm. There's just something very invigorating about someone mm-hmm. saying that to you like this is yeah. your true purpose well and it's just great this whole episode is so much about showing how anya odd anyanka i don't know annie maybe that's what she'd be if she went on for another season uh how she defines herself and eventually it's the idea that she has to figure out who, who she is independently before mm-hmm. defining herself by outside circumstances. Mm-hmm. But that each one feels like if I was in her perspective, that would, I thought that would be the defining moment. Like she yeah. for hundreds of years thought that was her defining moment was when mm-hmm. she became Anyanka. And it's well, and that's just it. The fact that the whole episode's about defining yourself based mm-hmm. on what other people say you are. Yeah. And De Hoffren is the utmost exactly. of that because he's straight up just telling her, you are Anyanka, mm-hmm. you are vengeance. Yeah. And she accepts that. Um, and I think with good reason. I mean. Yeah, I, I understand where she's coming from. I, prob- I probably wouldn't have done the same. Mm. I have a temper. I, I feel like. You would have <laughs> become a demon? Uh, maybe. Wow, okay. Anya has fun as a demon. She seems to enjoy yes, it. I'm getting scared now. <laughs> I don't want to piss Kristen off. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, you say troll again? It's really cool when you do that, Kristen. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> so we got to Hallie and Anya in the present day. 
Anya's feeling conflicted about um, what she did. Yeah. And Hallie's, I mean, Hallie just kind of like tamps that down. She's like, you're fine. It's always like that. Everyone likes what you did. And so you shouldn't worry about it. Mm. And then Willow shows up bah, bah, bah. to confront Anya about, uh, you know, the murders, just the multiple, multiple murders. Just that huge mass murder that you just thing. committed. So earlier we see that she called Buffy to, you know, Willow called Buffy to be like, you have to come hunt Aragog. And at the time I was like, well, that's why doesn't she just, you know, stick around and help. And then this yeah. is the excuse. And I like that we cut back to Buffy and Xander hunting for Mr. Giant Spider and saying like, I guess Willow was busy. I don't know. So Willow confronting Anya without telling Buffy and Xander and just trying to like take care of it. I also like, I think there's a subtle thing. This is at least what I picked up on that as Anya's kind of trying to convince Willow, it really reads as trying to convince herself, which I love that. That's just one of those things I love that way to play a scene. Yes. I feel like it's well, and also so strong. To yeah. go back with what we said about like it being so difficult to show someone lying mm-hmm. without either being too good at lying or too bad at lying. Another thing with like yeah. trying to convince yourself without being too good or too bad at it. So Buffy and Anya are hunting for Aragog in the trees. Buffy and Xander. What'd I say? Buffy and Anya. Yep. <laughs> like this show just like, it's really weird, the continuity. Just... <laughs> Why does Mike look so confused right now? I don't get it. And, you know, Buffy's amazing. It's in the tree. She throws an axe up and just yeah. gets it. Xander gets a scratch across his one eye. Foreshadowing. Oh, he's going to get new mascara? <laughs> That's one of those things that I really wonder, like, is that foreshadowing? Or did they have no idea what was going to I... happen? I seem to remember them talking about it and the way that, you know, Evil Willow was a thing they were thinking about for the season before. I, and I may just be misremembering. I swear they, there's some word of talking about Xander losing an eye earlier than he does. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that they very much knew okay. that he was going to be losing an eye. We're like, ooh, what are the things we could put in to just be like Easter eggs for us and people <laughs> watching the show? So Buffy knows why Willow did not tell her about Anya because Willow knows what she has to do. Mm. She has to kill Anya. Yeah. And we flash back to Anya at a fancy dinner party. Mm-hmm. She killed the whole party. She killed it. She killed it this party. She guys. killed it at that party. Like it was such a hot party that that one guy was literally on fire. He was like, literally dead literally she literally killed me <laughs> i was literally dead from flames <laughs> that's just gonna be the rest of the show guys we're just gonna use these voices i'm good with it that yeah. sounds great okay so that audio has a little musical number from like back in the musical episode okay. literally okay but now it's great <laughs> what <laughs> oh, this is every girl in my neighborhood. Oh, um, so Anya started the Russian Revolution, yeah. which I, I I love. All about, I guess, I'm trying to like use my knowledge of the Russian Revolution to be like, okay, so how's this about like female vengeance? And I'm mm. guessing it has to do with the Empress and Rasputin. Maybe. And it could just be as simple as 
any number of prominent male figures of you know royalty just screwing over some woman for any any number of reasons and you know what given history yeah, yeah. that emperor was screwing around on his wife so done yeah he was with the servant girl the empress caught mm-hmm. him wishy-washy i wish for whatever yeah. and now everyone's dead yeah. done and so we get the speech about her love of socialism mm-hmm. or communism or whatever and her evolving uh social prowess which yeah. is great and is where she says vengeance is my life so again, oh, that evolving, like, no. letting other people define who you are. Mm-hmm. Or letting, in this case, your work define you. Hmm. So let's say letting your boyfriend define you. Mm-hmm. And now letting your work define you. And you can say in the scene where she transitions from odd to Anya, Anyanka, uh, I should be more specific, to Anyanka, that she's defining herself by this, what's, I think, become super clear in this episode, a father figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's constantly defining herself by these. And I just love the variety of different outside influences. Well, and it. also like defining yourself by a moment. Defining yeah. like this one thing of this one guy cheating on you. Mm-hmm. Just really defining who you are. Yeah. And like, I feel like I know people that have done that like mm-hmm. i've you know have been seriously hurt and not to minimalize that but like that just, that's not everything you, at yeah. some point you got to let that go and just be you mm-hmm. so xander is arguing with the gals about you know the mission to kill anya and it is especially with what happened with willow last season it's a little hard to say no whenever somebody does something like this we have to kill them and i like that he brings he immediately says like look we didn't kill willow yeah and she like willow's like hey I'm like, but we didn't yeah like our friends go evil we don't kill them mm-hmm. which is a good point yeah. and willow or buffy's argument is willow was a human mm-hmm. anya's not i am a slayer my mission is clear also a good point yeah i would i would argue like maybe talk to her first <laughs> yeah maybe say hey is there a way you can undo this because otherwise you you know what my job is, right? Yeah, we, we undid the worm. Yeah. This is like, make either you undo this and you're done, mm-hmm. and then we're okay. But if you don't, we got a big problem. Yeah. But it also, I mean, like, this does get a little messy with like, yeah, Willow was a human, mm-hmm. but she was also going to, you know, end the world. A yeah. little different than killing 12 frat boys. Mm-hmm. Spike killed, and as we find out, raped lots of people uh and but because he's just currently not murdering anyone he's our best friend yeah so this is i mean i just enjoy this argument because Mm -hmm. everyone's a little wrong (laughs) yeah well and it's another much smaller lesson than than the obviously the the thing that on anyanga anya odd a dog let's just call her a dog a money the the thing that a money learns uh, th- this episode, in in addition to how to not define yourself by others, is just I I feel like there's a kind of a a realization that there there is a layer to everything. There is another side where she feels for these men that otherwise she would have just been like happy that they were dead because they did this awful thing. But she now maybe because she's been human again understands that there's always more to the story. Even mm-hmm. somebody who does an awful thing has some human element to them. They're still mm-hmm. a human being. Yeah. There, yeah. I mean, 
just because you're a complete dick yeah. doesn't mean you necessarily deserve to die. Mm-hmm. It just means you need a good swift kick in the balls. Yeah. She should have summoned a ball-kicking spider. Yes. Smash the patriarchy. <laughs> and by the patriarchy, I mean your balls. Oh, no. <laughs> Not yours, specifically. Oh, oh good, good. <laughs> the troll jokes is great. <laughs> I was say, you've been a dick lately. <laughs> Buffy says, I killed Angel. Ooh. Holy shit, you guys, we're finally talking about it four seasons later. It is crazy how so much of that comes up just in this one scene. Oh my, and I'm a little upset that like it's in character. Xander mm-hmm. tries to brush that on the, under the rug yeah. very quickly and he gets away with it, which, upset, mm-hmm. which upsets me because I'm like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this conversation. I've been, it's my favorite, yeah. is Becoming Part 2 is like the best scene that mm-hmm. oh best ever and it it never comes up and then it comes up and it goes away so fast i want to keep talking about it xander needs to get his balls kicked right here because mm-hmm. it, it does come up that she's just like you remember that both of you willow's you know message of kick his ass and we're going i, I didn't say that, that. Oh, i love that i know i love it so much with the xander immediately like you can see the yeah. fear in his yeah. eyes of like fuck i'm getting oh, caught <laughs> and then just like mm-hmm. he like succeeds in sweeping under the rug mm. no let us talk about this shit well you know he he doesn't get off scot-free because you know what happens later in the season maybe it's karma mm-hmm. not really his karma his karma gets passed on anya uh, oh i was i was just talking about the eye oh i think i said later this episode oh no no <laughs> okay fine i may i may have accidentally said that mm-hmm. guys let's rewrite the tape <laughs> oh my god Larry. too far too, too far, far too far guys <laughs> willow calls to hoffred because mm-hmm. remember he told her give us a chant oh i love to hoffred i do want to mention before we get too far away from it another great willow much well has a lot of great moments in this yes. episode too. yeah 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 um when they talk when they're talking about the whole angel situation that uh willow has the line of and that all worked out okay <laughs> the other line that she has that again i i use my everyday life is um hey standing right here standing exactly right here wait that this one's a little different i think she just says i'm i'm sitting right here sitting right here standing right what semantics no i'm just saying it's like it's a thing that she's used more than once okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. xander and anya go to the frat house where Buffy and Anya fight. Anya versus Buffy. See, this is what I wanted the the Anya uh, Spike thing to be a couple episodes ago. I wanted them to have this kind of yes. knockout fight. Yes, and this is like right, watching this, you're like, oh, Demon Anya should ha- this. This is how she can help. Like the, you know, mm-hmm. again, Anya sometimes helped with demon knowledge. She yeah. helped with Narl, not the Narl, just Narl. With, like, just having demon knowledge and knowledge about paralysis, which I love that she does. Mm-hmm. Here, you see her kick major ass. You're like, oh, my God, you could have been doing this. She's great. No, it's, it's, and you can just tell they're having so much fun using this giant set they clearly built so you could have a major fight in it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool. And how fun for Emma Caulfield, who, you know, if oh, you, yeah. if you have a stunt double, it's because your character got thrown into a wall. Exactly. To finally get to kick ass like 90% of the other people on the show do. Right. So much fun until, uh, mm. I get stabbed by Buffy. Although you could point out, that we know from the house party episode last season that that won't kill a vengeance demon. 
Oh, because she stabs Hallie with the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. True. I have a short memory. Also, you stab someone I like. Yeah. And I think it's almost more of a fake out because then when they go to the next scene, it's very reminiscent of things they've done in the past on Buffy where they show a very happy scene. Yes. And then... Something sad. So we flash back to once more with feeling. Uh, and I like that we get the end, the first part of the mustard, so- mustard yep. song. It was like, mustard, my favorite shirt. How could you serve mustard? <laughs> so Anya's identity was wrapped up in Olaf. And mm-hmm. then it was wrapped up in De Hoffren and her work. And now it's wrapped up in her fiance. And she sings us all the song about how she's going to be this perfect uh. wife. And everything is about how now it's not just went from odd to mm-hmm. Anya and now Anyanka. Now it's not just Anyanka. It's Anyanka, Emmanuel, Jenkins. Isn't there more shit? There's more yeah. shit in there. Yeah, there's there's so many. There's a thousand names there. Um, yeah, and it's great, too, because the kind of song it is is enough of a throwback song that the material in it wouldn't have been seen as problematic when the song would have come out. Yeah. But now looking at it from modern eyes, you get the point of the song is also, this isn't a healthy way to go into a relationship, to define yourself solely by the relationship, but it's still really romantic and sweet, but it's also so doomed. And it's just, uh, I'm not going to say I cried during this guys, but I may have cried during this. I love it's so well done. And again, (sighs) juxtaposed between the two you know, sad, shocking scenes of her fighting Buffy. Mm-hmm. This really happy moment um, that we didn't get to see in Once More with Feeling. Mm-hmm. We're seeing here in a flashback of just, she's so excited to see Xander mm-hmm. and this twinge of sadness, not just from, hey, I think she just died, but also like, I know what happened to this wedding that she was so thrilled about. Uh, and when she goes through the door and then all of a sudden she's in her wedding dress. She's in her dress. Oh. Uh. And she's just so excited for this new identity, you guys. When you enter into a relationship, doesn't change who you are. Keep your identity. Keep your hobbies. Keep your friends. Keep your interests. Be your own person. Any partner worth their salt would want that for you and would support you in that. Yeah. Take that. I've I've seen it go the other way, so, so watch out. Don't. Don't, if someone tries to separate you from your friends and the things you love and the people you love and the stuff you like to do, run, mm-hmm. run for the hills. They are yeah. no good for you. So it's this beautiful song. And they even, they even reference back to I'll Never Tell. I my know. Favorite. Uh. I'll Never Tell. We smash cut back to Anya's body impaled mm-hmm. on the sword. The silence here is great. Mm-hmm. Just long and sad yeah. uh, but she it doesn't kill her because yeah. you, that sword any sword can't kill vengeance demons mm-hmm. she's more. yep so they start fighting again again but xander tackles buffy well and it's also you could definitely and even in the commentary they mentioned that it seems like anya may have purposely kind of when she was on the ground not moved because she kind of wanted buffy to do it to like yeah actually take her out this time yeah there this scene especially after de hoffman shows up mm-hmm. she's got nothing left no. she doesn't have a relationship to define her she doesn't have a mm-hmm. job to define her she doesn't have this life's mission no. so just end it just get rid of me mm. so de hoffman shows up 
And I love that he says, no one's asked Anyanka what she wants. Mm-hmm. She says, I want to take it back. Yeah. And I like that this it's not because Buffy threatened her. It's not no. she you can tell she yeah. feels bad and she wants it back. And Hoffman says that he needs a vengeance demon to balance mm-hmm. the um the big cost of bringing back these twelve boys. But he kills Hallie. Yeah. And some bad screen green screen, but I can sure. forgive it because it was necessary. So I I love this episode. I don't I don't understand why he does this, except for that the show doesn't want to kill off Anya. Oh, well, I mean, from a character perspective, I get the impression, and I think a lot of the creative team that have like, said stuff like this, that DeHoffrin has a soft spot for Anya. And even though, you know, he's this great big van- grand vengeance demon, she is his favorite, and he can't bring himself to do it. So he uses the I'll cause you pain as an excuse. That's how I've always read it. Okay. Um, for character reason. I mean, for the show, I'm not sure if it wouldn't have been better to like give Anya a great big send off here instead of what I happens. Th- I mean, I always I'll I'm I'll take more Emma Caulfield performance if I can get it. But on the other hand, this would have been a really yeah. Amazing way to send off a character. That's, I mean, that's my issue is I, I love this character. Mm-hmm. I love watching Emma Caulfield, but compare this episode to the way we send her off at, yeah. in Chosen. And it's, this is the better moment. Yeah. And it, it just feels like we, the character was done a disservice and that mm-hmm. like, this should have been this emotional, yeah. wonderful climax to this character. Yeah. And I feel like the only reason to keep her around is because she's a long running character and we want to yeah. keep her around, which is fine. But in terms of serving the story and serving good writing. Well, it's one of those things that I feel in hindsight, if they had realized how crowded the season was going to get, mm-hmm. which yeah. I get, I mean, they must have had some idea because they obviously knew they were going to do something with, you know, the, Bringers killing all these people who are, you know, will eventually learn potentials, all that nonsense. They must have had some idea they were going to have a large infusion of cast. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't have an idea of exactly the extent or point, how that you would... you think they'd be in the middle of casting, if not... Yeah. yeah. So you have to imagine they know some of what's coming. Maybe they don't know that, you know, towards the end, and we'll get into it when we get to those episodes, it starts to feel really bogged down with trying to serve all the characters... But just having only so many screen time. Yeah, I, I can't think of a good reason to keep her around. Yeah. And maybe that part of the issue is they like had more plans for her, but they couldn't squeeze them in because everything else had to mm. be fit into the last season. But I would rather them, yeah, give her a, a better send off. I don't know. Maybe I'll find something in this rewatch, but I really I can't think of anything that would justify not giving this character a great send off. Well, I guess you could make an argument that if she had just sacrificed herself here, then that would just be another point of her defining herself by a moment. Or I disagree. Herself. I feel like that's where that is the moment where you find yourself. That is but, the moment yeah. where you're saying I'm making this decision, not because Buffy's telling me to bring these guys back, not because the Hoffman is, but because mm. somebody asked what I want. Yeah. And this is what I want. And that's the thing is, I think you could just as easily frame it that way that, no, this is just a, a, a time where I'm not 
listening to the outside world. I'm not clinging on to something that somebody tells me. I am looking within myself to find this. So, yeah, I feel like even that reasoning, you could just as easily tweak it slightly to make that really clear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what's the lesson in selfless? Find yourself. Yeah. Know who you are mm-hmm. separate from any relationship, separate from any job mm-hmm. or outside force in your life because that when that force goes away, you remain and need to know who you are and what you're about. Yeah, this this episode I think is just really stellar as it's one of the best at incorporating the message into a story in mm-hmm. a very natural way where it feels almost like ingrained like this of course this is how the story mm-hmm. plays out of course this is Anya's journey this has always been Anya's journey in a way that's just so natural and the the way it uses the supernatural to reflect this very real life issue is just classic Buffy in that mm-hmm. way even the way they use politics to show how she defines mm-hmm. her politics the way she thinks based yep. on her present circumstances yes yeah. it's it's really they're not gonna love part with Bark with this one. Yeah. Except the CGI. That's still garbage town. Um, yeah, I agree. I I love this one, with the exception of the CGI, and I feel like this should have been our grand goodbye mm. to Anya. I feel like it yeah. would have made this hit harder and is a better send-off so for an amazing character mm-hmm. than the two second moment she gets at the end of the season. Yeah. I I I don't hold it as much against this episode because I also do like the scene that Anya and Xander have after the the climax, that kind of denouement where they're, they're kind of going their separate ways. But you can see they really w- want to be together but know that that's not right for either of them at this point. That's still a good scene, but the fact that you don't get any follow-up is really, I think, what, what damns it mm-hmm. in the end. Okay. I think we need to take a break and hear from our sponsor. De Hoffren's Vengeance Helpline, how may I help you? You have to bring her back. Bring who back? Buffy. I wish that she was never born, but the world was better with her. Why would you want a world without a slayer? My caller ID shows you live on the hellmouth. Oh, you see, my boyfriend cheated on uh, me. Another one for Anya. Please refer to subsection B, paragraph 4, the no returns without power center damage clause of your contract. What? Contract. I'm going to die. Have a great day. De Hoffren's Vengeance Helpline. How may I help you? Yeah, hi. my boyfriend is a monster. We get this one a lot. We'll send our representative Anya as soon as possible. No, she's the problem. Hmm? She turned my boyfriend into a literal monster. Like a giant tremors worm. I was being metaphorical. Still the same phylum. You're welcome. No, I did De Hoffren's Vengeance Helpline. How may I help you? Yeah, I told this lady Anya that my ex was spineless, and now... Damn it, another one. No takes, he's backseas. <laughs> but I just... De Hoffren's Vengeance Helpline, how may I help you? I wish my husband was a frog, and she just made him French. How is that justice? Uh, another one for the Anya file. De Hoffren's Vengeance Helpline, how may I help you? Their hearts... What? Speak up, dear. Their hearts... Ripped out. Ooh, that's a good one. They. It's a joke. They made me a a, a, a joke. So I, I wished. 
But but I didn't mean... Let's see. My records show Anya conjured a Grimslaw demon to take vengeance on... A whole fraternity! Well done, Anya! No! It's awful! The blood! So much blood! Justice has been served, eh? You're welcome. Happy to help. Have a vengeful day. I gotta tell the Elder Gods about this one. It's time to put Selfless back on the shelf and open the books on him. like to open his books no he's a child that's gross <laughs> he's very very young all right <laughs> so spike's going to live with sander yep. again because season uh, four he yep. yeah this is like the exact same dynamic except you know spike's a little less quippy about it <laughs> yeah well i think uh, recent events made the quip level go down significantly indeed uh once again xander is not a happy host uh, so, yeah, I get it, though. <laughs> you know, he's an attempted rapist. The Summer's house is filled with girls. Maybe don't put those together. That's yeah. probably a bad idea. Uh, he's shown, shown no interest in, in Xander. No, <laughs> that's, yeah, I think Xander's pretty safe there. Yeah. Don and Xander are worried about Buffy's current relationship with Spike. Which is great. That is yeah. in character for both of them. It's also like kind of confusing for us too. Like what's going on between you two? And they're calling her out on that yeah. and just like, dude, you know what this guy's capable of. And I like that. Everyone's acting in character. Buffy, Spike goes to touch her arm and she flinches. Yes. Also in character. Yes. This is a good scene all around. Makes it a little weird that all the other times he touched her since weren't that that's fine we're it's um I'm but they're back with, on the right track yes yeah. this is good everyone is acting as rational people except for spike because he's crazy that's good yeah. that's fine too but he's acting as a crazy person would act yes. which is rational in its own way <laughs> side note buffy's hair looks amazing it's just this whole episode her hair is just amazing during football practice don and buffy talk about spike some more Buffy wearing a white tank top. Bum, bum, bum. Don brings up good points. Men. Why should we bother with them? I mean, am I right, Mike? Uh, he, he asked Christian, please don't hurt me. <laughs> it's, it's the best. <laughs> and she asked, does a soul make a man good? Nope. Because there's plenty of assholes out there. <laughs> But say, uh, guys, uh, maybe you should just open a newspaper. <laughs> I mean, this is great. One, because they're not wrong. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of men in the world that suck and they have souls. I can't think of any recent news that would support you in that <laughs> whatsoever. And I like the fact that people could be listening to this episode whenever, and that's going to still be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, patriarchy, for keeping that punchline current. Ooh, it's a it's a real freshen. <laughs> but it's also great when you smash cut to the next part of the scene where she sees RJ wearing his jacket. The cheesy music is yeah. the best part. And the fact that it's a continuing joke yeah. every time someone sees 
him in his jacket and mm-hmm. slow-mo and him mm-hmm. pouring water on his face. <laughs> and at this point, this could just be a normal teenage girl reaction yeah. because that's what teenage girls do. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to say teenagers in general. Also, some grown-ass adult women I know. <laughs> oh, it's the time when... What's the character's name? What's his name? Jacket Boy. RJ. Ooh, it's the time where RJ is going to drink his Diet Coke. <gasps> what a weird commercial that was. If you don't know this commercial, there's this weird commercial where it's about, I think, a bunch of women in an office, if I remember correctly. And they're all like, ooh, it's 2.30 when whoever, this random name of this character, drinks his Diet Coke. And it's some guy at a construction site drinking a Diet Coke. Really? This is just... Okay, guys. Sure. You're going to be a super hot stud that all the women are flocking to watch drink the Diet, Diet Coke, Coke if you drink the Diet Coke. Sure, guys. I guess you... Who was that even for? God damn it. Some we all know real men drink tab. Yeah. Like Frank Cross from Scrooged. <laughs> by, by the way, guys, another... This is a tangent off a tangent, but do not try the Frank Cross... That's when you mix Tab and Stoli. It's what Bill Murray Ew. drinks in Scrooge. It is somehow Ew. worse than it sounds, and it sounds awful. Uh, you just said the word Stoli, and you ruined everything. <laughs> so Don's got a crush. Don's got a crush. Meanwhile, uh, DeHoffren seeks vengeance on Anya, which undoes, again, if the moment in the last episode is that DeHoffren while pissed at Anya still cares about her mm-hmm. this ruins it it reads as if this is Anya lying about it to me which and that it's not because it's not ever brought up in this episode at least because I thought oh oh this must be something I forgot where she said that was the reason but it's something else but it's like no it's just different changed his mind off yeah. screen and now there's a demon after for a punchline. I mean, like, because the joke is that yeah. she's just like, I don't know of this Anya. You speak. Mm. What is uh, Anya? I don't know. And like, OK, so you ruined the end of well, the last why, episode for this punchline. Why couldn't it just be like a friend of Halfrex? Great. Fine. Boom. Uh, the demon world is pissed at you because because yeah. of you, one of one of the other demons, yeah. one of their own is dead. Yeah. You've shown that there's some. Weird solidarity between demons because they the same they way that Spike, Spike they yeah. were yeah 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 so ruined the end of the last episode thanks writers yeah. uh, this demon by the way looks just like Stuart no which I would have been happier if it was just Stuart because it looks just like Stuart hashtag Team Stuart <laughs> even if I don't remember him in an memoriam I'm still on Team Stuart back at school. Well, hey there, Ricky. I know that's like, crazy. This is Ricky from Garfunkel and Oates. Yep. Ricky Lindholm love her yeah she is somebody who pops up like if you watch old tv yeah. just pops up a lot but like how do i, I know your that. face and yeah. then like oh yeah you're from garfunkel and oats which is just a fabulous show oh yeah and they yeah they're, they're a great band and yeah. and she's been doing more um comedy stuff on her have you seen another period Mm-mm. it's um a period reality show that's about the super rich of the uh, early 1900s. Oh, you know, I've seen commercials for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. And she's one of the, the two leads that's a, you know, super spoiled and also kind of insane rich 
heiress. She does a very good job of um, being a comedic character actor who's like pretending to be a lead female because she's very pretty, mm-hmm. but also like has great comedic timing. Yeah. So like you can use her to be the like, I'm a cheerleader, but really I'm the punchline. Yeah. Speaking of which, she is a cheerleader. What? Uh, but she's on crutches. Or crutch. She's on a crutch. I don't know. She hurt herself. She's tiny Tim in it. Uh, Don, Don awkwardly interjects herself to, hi, RJ. Oh, oh, this is so rough. Hi, is it, oh. hi, RJ. In the middle of your conversation. Hi. Fun coincidence. Uh, the date today is December 5th. 11 years ago today. <laughs> your face. Um, was a work Christmas party. Uh-oh. I was kind of crushing on this boy a little bit, but I was at this work Christmas party. Everyone else had arrived and it was getting kind of late. And this one boy that I really wanted to show up had not shown up yet. So I was just kind of like, I don't really, uh, I'm not really happy. I want him to show up. And so he walks in super late and everyone just kind of, you know, everyone else is closer to the door and they're all talking to him and they're asking him questions and they're excited in there. And I, in the middle of all this cacophony of all these different conversations, just shout across the room. Hi, Chris. And the whole party stops and looks at me and Chris stops <laughs> and looks at me and smiles and goes, hi. And that man was Chris Catan. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I feel solidarity with Don, but like, oh yeah, no, I totally awkwardly interject myself into a conversation in order to say hi to the boy I'm crushing on. Yeah. I, I try not to, but I, this is how I always feel at big parties. Uh, I, I'm great with like a little hangout of just like a couple people I know, but if it's a big party, especially where it's like, I know some people and I kind of know some other people. I always just feel like there's a little clumps and I, I'm just like, oh, let me saddle up here. Okay, I don't have anything here. Let me just go to the... Um, I'm just hanging out at the party, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't want to force my way into... Hi. Oh, no, I don't want to... Uh, corner. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Make my way over to Chip Bowl. Mm-hmm. Let's munch on chips. Chip Bowl. Woo. And then she makes it worse by like having this metaphor about the quarterback is like the rudder that guides the ship. Oh, don't baby. Just walk away. Just walk away. Go to the chip ball. It's okay. You tried. You tried. You're just making it worse. It was like you looked up on Ask Jeeves. What is a quarterback? (laughs) And just got like looked at some articles like, oh, that sounds good. I'll copy and paste that to into my memory. But weirdly a salient metaphor. So it's more like ask Smitty. Like our Sm- Smitty, the pirate. That captain be like a rudder that guides the ship. Yar. <laughs> Yar. Uh, Don decides to try out for cheerleading to get closer to RJ. And this is the first moment in which this episode becomes Grey's Anatomy for some reason with the song choice. Explain. I've never seen the show. Uh, just there's a couple of weird song choices that feel like real overt, mm. uh, like the Coldplay later. Okay, it were just it doesn't feel like Buffy. I mean, you can make an argument that a lot of you know older Buffy did that more, and even like the Michelle branchiness. But it just feels like, especially because it's so related to teenage drama of Dawn's relationship. 
that it, it just has a weird vibe to me of like, mm. and now we're putting in the emotional pop song. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when season one went great? Yeah. Let's go back to season one. So she puts on that season one cheerleading uniform. Don't blame the outfit. It's uh, it's fine. The outfit's fine, but oh my God, Mike, she does so terribly. <laughs> she makes up. Uh, not only is she bad, like mm. so like awkward in her body, bad. Just like, I mean, props to... Michelle Trachtenberg, I assume she knows how to like move herself. She must because she's a dancer. Like she's proved herself to have like dancing ability, which is very closely tied to cheerleading. It's just about knowing your body. This is so she makes I Mike, she 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 makes up a cheer about RJ and performs it terribly in front of I can't you do it. I'm done. You do. I can't. Hey, RJ, you're our man. If you can't do it, then don't. Just don't. Uh, Later, Buffy in a different white shirt. Mm, metaphor. Tries to console Dawn. Dawn, meanwhile, cut Buffy's uniform into don't pieces. Don't the uniform. The uniform was the only thing working there. Not cool. That was not your property. No. At all. If I have a bad day, am I going to grab your yearbook and like color over it with a permanent marker? No. I mean, that sounds fun, but no. (laughs) But Mike, but Mike, I know his soul. Oh, boy. (laughs) Xander blames a letter jacket. No. Surprisingly smart for him. And this is the scene where I believe he mentions the... Uh, what wasn't it better when she just had a crush on me, the cuter me crush? When what happens in the comics? This line feels a little weird now. Also weird, yeah. The whole uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny and cute mm-hmm. when you're like, remember back when she had a crush on like her sister's mm-hmm. because you're yeah. a kid and whatever. Yeah. Um, and you, you just like you don't even know what that means. Sure, just like I want you to hold my hands and take yeah. me to a move. Hold one hand, not both. <laughs> hold my hand. Hold my hands. And take, me to, away. take me to a movie and maybe share like a malt milkshake it with me. Um, Were you dating in the nineteen fifties, Kristen? <laughs> but that's like when I was young and I had a crush on a boy. It wasn't like, well, what a get with him. It was like I want someone to hold my hand and like tell me I'm pretty. Aww. And like when you have like boy posters on the wall, it's not like, ooh, he's hot. It's like, ah, he's gonna be real nice to me. <laughs> and that's We're like I'm going to Bone Time with JTT. <laughs> no. Um, he's like he's gonna take me to a spring dance and we're going to to slow dance together but with lots of room in between us and that's like what girl crushes are and that's why like the girl crush of dawn on xander is cute mm-hmm. but when you got in the comic storyline it's way less g-rated <laughs> which makes it weird so the next day at school rj is moved to second string Mike, there is so much high school drama in this episode. Drama in the not drama department. It's not. I mean, it's so like at this point, there could be this could be any teen drama show. There's really good. It really is. There's just so much. I want a vampire. (laughs) What's happening? I don't like it. 
Yeah, and there eventually is magic ch- shit involved. But this but, doesn't happen. I mean, like, the way that things are yeah. acting right the way that Dawn's acting, like, teenage girls act this way. So this could just be, mm-hmm. like, I, Gilmore Girls? I don't know. I didn't watch that show. Seventh Heaven? I don't know. I didn't watch that show. That shit that I don't yeah. watch because... <sighs> yeah, and the, and the thing is, it doesn't really take the opportunity to do anything to kind of skewer it, which I think would be a perfect opportunity in this yeah. episode of, you know, having some of those cliches really brought to the forefront in a similar way to what they did in the Zeppo and kind of made fun of their, their own melodramatic thing of, you yeah. know, the Buffy angel relationship yeah. do a similar thing with just teen dramas uh, mm-hmm. of like people professing their love to each other because that's how they feel this week. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. But it just kind of feels like, Oh no, that is just, and I really like you, but I like you. But I I'm like sorry. Her. Did I turn I on like, Twilight? Uh, yeah. Even Twilight, they'll, they'll sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> Something happens. Uh, so Don pushes Wetz's face down the stairs. I mean, whatever. It is like seven stairs. Walk it off. Yeah, it's seven stairs and you're a football player. I mean, I know like Houdini got killed by getting punched when he could take a punch, but still. He had appendicitis. I have fallen down more yeah. stairs than this mm-hmm. in high school. Brag. During finals. And I just went straight to my fucking Spanish file. Final. Aye, aye, aye. Sorry. It's a sensitive subject. I then complained to the teacher of like, hey, the, the stairs are covered in ice because it was snowing out and like someone should mop that up. And she's like, not my problem. And I was like, whatever. Wow. <laughs> not my problem. Great teacher. <laughs> so the other like, again, could be interesting if you really hammered it home thing mm. is that there's a lot of camera moves here that are very like 80s high school drama like in every single scene the camera pushes in on you while you talk every scene ends with the camera pushing in on someone's face really dramatically while they don't say anything like it's very like teen drama but like not to the point yet that it's funny that's yeah that's my my entire problem that's the whole like the weird gray's anatomy-ness of the soundtrack Mm -hmm. just feels like is that what you're going for like to spoof this then you have to pick something more extreme than exactly what they would do and just doing that. Yeah. That's not that's not parody. That's like if if you know airplane was literally just doing the same script instead of doing the same script and then adding wacky shit. Exactly. Or like it's almost like they took an episode of Buffy and they hired a guest director that usually does a daytime soap mm-hmm. opera and they yeah. were like, "No, you do this one." Yeah, one of uh, Sarah Michelle's friends from back in the day. Sure. So RJ knows that Don pushed What's-His-Face and, like, is into it. Yeah, because he's a real scumbag. <laughs> yeah, because he's a piece of shit. Because he's already, like, doing something that's pretty questionable with consent. And then on top of that, he's like, I'm okay with a little attempted murder. <laughs> that's great, because I'm so cool. And at the bronze that night, the Scoobies are ragging on RJ's slutty, slutty date. And oh my God, it's Dawn. What? I mean, remember Bobby's slutty dance on Xander? Yeah. And she's definitely worn shirts that cover about that much. Yeah. And hey, also another uh, creepy moment in retrospect when daddy likes. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so Buffy sends her packing. I do like the line. Anna Nicole Smith thinks you look tacky. It's really, it's age great, guys. (laughs) 
so Don gets revenge by walking home alone in the murder alley. Come on. You Dawn, I mean, know better. You know better. You, yeah, your sister is the slayer, Dum Dum. Yeah. Like, I get it was kind of a bummer. You kind of got a little slut shame. That's I, I get it. You're upset. No need to get murdered over it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach him. She's accosted by the brunette cheerleader, mm-hmm. and they have a cat fight. If they've done this where it's funny. Like what it reminded me of in that it wasn't like this and it was bad was the uh, Harmony Xander fight. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was like super like mm-hmm. action-y. It's about to be a big throwdown. And then yep. it's just like slappy and hair pulling. Yeah. Funny. I laughed at yeah. that. But just having music that's a little too intense for like. Way too teenagers. fucking intense. Yeah. Like that's not really a joke. Yeah, it'd be really fun. So yeah, like at this, like I have in my notes, like uh, action music. What? Mm-hmm. Like it would be better if you have action music building to this, and then the music just drops out completely, yeah. and you just get the like, ow, ooh, no, yeah. ow, ah. yeah, like and even film in a way where it kind of almost looks cool, and then maybe see it from like Buffy's perspective, and it's just eh, yeah, eh, eh. yes, like. Oh, it's it's a it's another missed opportunity. Yeah, that's the alternate title of this episode. <laughs> it's not of the international titles, but that's my alternate title. RJ is in the principal's office because he keeps getting girls to do his homework for him. Tool. Yeah. And we see Buffy in a different white shirt. Buh, buh, buh. Her colors. She hasn't watched washed lately. <laughs> she just let, did a load of whites this week. <laughs> Okay, so he was wearing the Letterman jacket at the bronze, right? Mm -hmm. Buffy saw him in his Letterman jacket. Buffy or Willow saw him there too. Mm -hmm. Why are they not already in love with him? I think the logic of the jacket is that he has to talk to you in order for it to work. So then you might say, but hey, first scene with Dawn, that didn't happen possibly that first scene was legitimate. I just have a crush on this boy. Fair. Wasn't until she talked to him that she actually got like whammied. I don't think any of this is supported by the episode, but I'm going to go with it. I'm saying if this episode was good, <laughs> that's what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> Mike, Mike fixed it. <laughs> we fixed that. So yeah, Buffy starts swooning for him. Mm hmm. And I get it, the like, okay, so it's it's like a six-year age yeah. difference, right? And she has dated guys with a hundred-year age difference. Yeah. But still, blech. Yeah. Not as much as Angel Buffy, blech. Yeah. <laughs> but still, blech. Also bigger, blech, because she's a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I do like in this, although, again, if it was a good episode, they would have played more with this. You can kind of tell that it's done in a way that he's he's trying to get the jacket on as he's talking to Buffy because mm-hmm. he knows he then will be able to get out of it. In a better version of this episode, that would be like a whole scene where he's like in trouble. And can't get to his jacket. So this is interesting. Yeah. Actually, you and I are reading this episode very differently. Oh. I don't think he knows the jacket is magic. I don't think his brother knew his jacket was magic. I think they just think, hey, chicks dig the jacket the same way Xander at the beginning of the episode think chicks dig the jacket. I don't think he's aware that it's literally magic. Mm -hmm. I think he's just putting it on because that's his clothing. 
I think he just mm-hmm. wears it all the time because it makes him look cool. I'm going to say, I wore my, Jetter- my Letterman jacket all the time in high school. I Yeah, I definitely get that. I think maybe part of why I I agree on the brother. He definitely doesn't know it's magic. Because he's a dummy. Because he's, he's real dumb, guys. <laughs> he's real dumb. Um, I, I kind of think he does just because of some of the way he acts. Though I guess he could make the argument he doesn't fight for the jacket enough at the end. I, okay, so let's, I mean, I will say, like, in, in the theme mm. of this episode yeah. of make stronger choices, mm-hmm. I think they should have made the choice that RJ knows about the jacket. Yeah. That, that's just more interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it brings up, a, a, like, and it also makes him more of a villain than just, like, a, you know, I'm kind of a shitty teenager. Yeah, and. Honestly, like the episode's more interesting if there is a villain instead mm-hmm. of just a bunch of dumb people acting dumb. Yeah, and I get like this is a comedy episode, and some of that later on at least works yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can still have a a villain of sorts, especially if it is a villain that's just like I have a charming jacket. That's mm-hmm. not that big of a threat as to like uh, overweigh the the rest of the episode. It's also like, you know, if the problem with a lot of these season seven episodes and especially Mm -hmm. the Dawn centric one is like, we've done this. We've Mm -hmm. been to Sunnydale High. We covered this ground with Buffy, especially this episode. We covered this and bewitched, bothered and bewildered. We have done this episode in that episode. It was an accident. And Xander was just very upset and distraught by the Mm -hmm. whole thing. This is a different take on Bewitched, Bothered, Bewildered if Xander did that on purpose and wallowed in the attention mm-hmm. and was kind of a douche about it. Yeah. So that would make this step, this episode way different than BB&B and may, maybe just make it feel fresher. Well, yeah, and it's also weird, too, because the, the whole conceit of it does bring up like weird consent issues mm-hmm. which we dealt with a lot last season and a lot better dealt with is a strong term well i mean i you're already talking about with talking about the writers bringing it up but not dealing with it okay yeah but i mean i feel like in the the which oh the it? metaphorical consent shit not like the literal rape consent shit they, I think they had one good example with the, the trios. Yes. And then Spike, I mean, we both agreed that was just nonsense how they handled that. Yes. Um, so, like, they dealt with it before. And I don't know, like, if and they were just afraid to go back there because of how, you know, they bungled it with Spike. Yeah. But, like, I think that is an issue that you could totally explore where it's like, yeah, it's not as clear. But it there there is something really wrong about doing that. Willfully of like manipulating people's emotions mm-hmm. and then getting them to do things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's just a, a more interesting thing. It doesn't have to get full on into like rape, but it could be an issue of, you know, the privilege uh, aspect of it or st- mm-hmm. any, anything else that just well, addresses it. The idea it of like just immoral way of trying to get somebody attracted to you. Instead of just finding out if people are attracted to you and developing a relationship from there, but like tricking them in some way or manipulating them. That night, Buffy sabotages Dawn and RJ's relationship. Says Mm -hmm. that, oh, well, you know, he said you might have come on too strong. Uh, So convinces her to back off. 
I do want to say that I do relate to this scene because I feel like I am the pushy queen of slut time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. I know, but... yes. <laughs> I mean, you, listeners, you know, I'm the pushy queen of slut time. <laughs> the next day, Buffy pulls RJ into a secluded, darkened classroom. Well, you know what's on the door there is a poster for Amnesty International. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> okay, no, you fooled me. Because yep. I, was, I was like, widespread panic. No, nope. okay, nope. got it. These uh, these students are a little more sophisticated yeah, than the previous Sunnydale High students. Uh, Buffy, uh, super subtle here, wearing a schoolgirl outfit. Uh, they make out and it's very wrong. And then like, they do this weird thing where... When Don eventually, after they play their Coldplay song, finds them, Buffy's on top in a way that I guess they could have been having sex, but probably not. God, no. They're fully clothed. This is foreplay. The position is like, it feels like a TV thing of like, well, they can't be having sex, but we want it to look as much like they're having sex as possible, but still be able to plausibly say it's just making out. That's what that position feels feels like it's very high school they're dry humping yeah but like i don't i don't know i feel like most dry humping that i was aware of was not so literal as to be like just sex but with clothes on which is kind of what it looks like here that is the dictionary definition of that i I don't know mine was never mind mind, guys there were a lot more couches that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) so anyways jailbait don catches the show not happy about it Mm. buffy's just giving some guidance uh yeah giving him pointers oh he's giving her a pointer (laughs) she she means his penis Uh, Xander right away is like, it's a love spell. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, I love Buffy in this scene of like all of them in this episode. I feel like she's the most not believable because the whole thing's unbelievable, mm-hmm. yeah. but she seems the most committed to this lie. Yeah. Well, it's great. Like this is the stuff I actually like about the episode when it gets to her, her, her being like still the slayer of uh, we're going to find something to fix this for you. So that I can be with my true love, RJ. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the kind of yeah. stuff that works. Crying won't make his love for me go away. <laughs> oh, she's like, still trying to be Buffy, but still. Like, uh. It's okay, sweetie. It's not real. You're just crazy. <laughs> Xander and Spike go to RJ's older brother mm-hmm. to talk to him. He was a big superstar jock in high school. But now, womp womp. Womp womp. He's a pizza delivery guy with like. I think a super fake paunch. Super fake paunch. Yeah. yeah, that's that's um But I don't mind it so much cuz it's kind of making the point of like you could tell this guy was handsome 5 years ago. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not like completely unrealistic. It's just mm-hmm. like you're not taking care of yourself. Maybe I don't know, shower, fresh clothes, fresh shave. Very important question. Mm-hmm. I remember this being again, this is this is I saw this back when like I was on all the Buffy message boards. Because internet arrived at the Kristen household. Um, and by that, I mean the dorm room. Why does Spike turn the angels around? 
because it's a funny episode, I want it to be a like, fuck you, Angel. That's great. But I mean, it's, I think probably more likely that it's him dealing with weird guilt shit. But I like it being the idea of like, I don't even want to see anything with your name, Angel. That's Fuck you. funnier. I So like back when this was first thing, it was always like, oh, this is foreshadowing mm. that he's actually evil right now and he's going to be the big bad. Mm. Or this is foreshadowing that he's an agent of the first. No. Or this is foreshadowing that blah, blah, blah. Like there, there were all these explanations of like, you'll see in the next couple episodes, this and this. Mm. And then I, looking 31. back at it, it was like none of this. None of this. This is never explained. Um, I'm gonna go with because fuck you, Angel. Yeah. I like that. That's that works for me. This is me brushing my hands. Mystery solved. I'm very happy now. Uh, so the jacket was a hand me down from the Big Brother. Back from his dad. Super special. RJ shows up at the Summers house. Uh oh. Where Willow and Anya. Stop him at the door and say, you get out of here. No Buffy for you. Yeah. Uh, but then they both fall in love with him. And we get the like, second or the third yeah. slow-mo <laughs> cheesy music. <laughs> and then like the like coordinated head tilt. Mm-hmm. So he walks away. And the, the fight here with Willow and Anya is great. Yeah. Well, it also makes the rules of the jacket kind of a little odd that it's any women, even if they couldn't be attracted to him realistically very broad spell yeah yeah so is it like like what happens when he meets you know like a 95 year old woman or a baby <laughs> he's the only one to get the baby to stop crying yeah that baby's just gonna cry forever <laughs> um, like like this isn't about his physical presence his physical presence has a penis <laughs> i can work around it you. Well, I do. Willow makes a strong point of I obviously love him the most if I can love him despite. It's a great debate. Yeah. It's very well done. Buffy comes downstairs in a different white shirt. So much bleach. <laughs> so much white. Uh, and so they all come up with a way to prove their love for RJ. And I like this because it feels like a weird old fable. Yes. And then the three maidens were to prove their love. Yes, yes. One went to rob a bank, another went to kill a principal, and the third did a magical spell. And I like the Charlie's Angel split screen. Like, the nice thing about this episode, and that it's funny, is that we get Mm -hmm. to see some camera stuff we don't usually do, like the slow mo and the music. And then this like split screen, like dun, 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 dun. And they're all enacting their plans. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like this back half so clearly knows this is a comedic episode. Yes. I don't know if they were just trying to play off like, ooh, what's the mystery in the first half? But that doesn't play. It just plays as really lame drama. Yeah. So I, I if they don't were trying to they... like make us think that it's a totally straight dramatic teen episode and there's yeah. no magic involved, or that if it is, it'll be in like the typical way of like let's fight the monster, not like which is I... fine. Like I I get that if you want the jacket thing to be a surprise until Buffy falls mm. in love with him, I can see that being like the funny reveal. I don't remember how I felt about it when I first saw it. No, but like you know what's really not very compelling to me? Overly angsty teen drama. Yeah centered on dawn i mean she's so much better this season but yeah. still we did the teen stuff mm-hmm. and we had, yeah and i i get some of the the whole point of having the sunny del high back is to bring it back to the show's roots of being at high school and dawn can express that 
But if you're just going to have Don do boring shit, I don't want that. I don't want the the boring episodes of season one back. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have high school stuff, do something from season two or three. Right? <laughs> so Anya's robbing a bank. Uh, Buffy shows up or with a rocket launcher. Which is so excessive. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. She She's could so kill him with anything. Bat shit crazy. And Dawn lays herself down on the train tracks. I feel Wacky like suicide. that should have been revealed later. Like they reveal yeah. it alongside all these other wacky things they're doing. Like, and Dawn's on the train tracks. And it's like, uh, um, gotten, this is one of these things. is not like the other. You should have saved that until after you had the whole mm-hmm. Buffy, Principal Wood, rocket launcher, yeah. spike tackle mm-hmm. fight scene. And then bring it down to like, wait, wait, where's Dawn? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you could even tr- at least try to do a thing where the episode gets scared with all this funny, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And you as the audience are like, oh, we're having fun. Get caught up in it. And then yeah. you yourself are like, oh, fuck, yeah. Dawn was really upset in the last scene. Yeah. What was her plan to prove herself yeah. to Arya? But anyway, this Principal Wood scene, possibly, oh, oh, oh it might be the best scene of the season. <laughs> this is so well, because like, so we're, you know, mm-hmm. principal wood is in the foreground and the best part mm-hmm. is that stupid music. Yep. That like, the boop, 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 boop. Yeah, this is some wacky shit. Terrible music. And he's completely oblivious that, you know, Buffy's behind with a rocket launcher mm-hmm. and spike tackles her and steals a rocket launcher. And then she chases him. And then like, he turns at the exact right moment to see nothing. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like really great physical humor. Um, and just honestly, one of the most memorable scenes in the entire season, maybe the funniest scene in the entire season, if not the best, maybe the funniest. Mm. We'll see. There is that great drawing of Angel on a punching bag. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Andrew. So we'll see. Oh, Andrew, he's, he's coming. Back, guys. By the way, in, in this scene the, with the rocket launcher, the scene mm. with the rocket launcher. Buffy's wearing a different white sweater. <laughs> the bleach budget at the Summer's house must be simply astronomical. She gets so much blood and grass stains in her clothes. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Ty doesn't get out everything. No. But then why wear white? You should wear something that, that hides stains better. They use a locator spell to find Dawn. And I like that sister love trumps boy crazy spell. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure. It's maybe it's worn off a bit because they haven't seen him in a while. But I yeah. like to think that it's more that the sister love is stronger. Yeah, and I feel like there's also kind of a lesson there of like, you know, hoes before bros, sisses before dicks, dickses. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, then we Xander and Spike have a plan, and it's yeah. super. This is another. This is a great. The super dramatic plan. Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you, are you down Remember with this? the plan? Yeah, we got it. And then all it is is just uh, uh, running up to RJ in the street and taking his jacket from him. Uh, like, yeah, like, you know how to do that. Why didn't you do that earlier in the episode? It's, it's like it's, there's two different writers in the yeah. front half. And the and again, if you're going with, you don't want to tip your hand that, you know, of what's the mm-hmm. bad guy or what's yeah. what's the evil thing this episode. Fine, but then just do it better. Yeah, do it in some other way that's compelling. Because if it's not going to be, you know, funny like the last half, then do your best to make it a legitimately compelling first half of an episode, mm-hmm. and then it just goes cuckoo crazy, and that would be great. Well, and, and again, to bring it back like to that. the Zeppo, 
that's an episode that like the whole centered on Xander and Xander Mm -hmm. not being part of the main storyline thing ramped up. It didn't start super, you know, fixated on Xander and everything else and behind him is dramatic. Mm -hmm. It got there and this just switches. And it's still like told an interesting story about like, Hey, what is Xander up to? Yeah. As opposed to like, this is, why is Don doing this? It feels like, and what? Well, and you can, I mean, like, oh, so Don's doing this because she's a teenage girl. Fine, I pulled this shit. You want me to tell you about the quarterback that I was in love with for no goddamn reason, yeah. even though he was super mean to me, and he got meaner to me when he found out I had a crush on him. Did it change the fact that I had a crush on him? Yes, because that's all it was based on was the yeah. fact that like he was kind of cute, and then he was a dick. Like, does teenage girls do this? Is it compelling television? No. No. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, I'm sure there was a time where Xander had a disagreement with the friend of his at work and then they didn't talk so much for a while. I'm sorry, I fell asleep. Why did you say? Yeah, I don't want to see that episode. <laughs> I want to see the episode where they fight a demon. Yeah, turns out his four man's a fucking demon. Yeah. He's a giant termite that eats all the wood. You guys, you guys, right then. Yes. <laughs> I did. I think it. we have season 10. Good job. Or what, what are they up to in the comics now? 11. 11. We're in, we've got season 11. We've got the big <laughs> bad termite construction ant colony demons. So, what's Anya's big secret? What is she going to do to prove her love to RJ? She wrote an epic poem. Yep. That's what it was. She got that fucking money, Mike. And then she, I, I didn't realize until this episode how, how, clever the uh, final line is let's get ice cream my treat my treat because <laughs> she's got she money. a bunch of fucking stolen money i want his gold flaked ice cream yeah so i guess we know now what anya is without anybody else a, a, a dirty thief <laughs> dirty dirty thief so what's the lesson in him no guy is worth your life not mm-hmm. ever in buffy's own words or just put simply don't go boy crazy yeah kind of pathetic it's it's always gonna pass it's it may feel like the most important thing in the world and you can feel that way but just acknowledge to yourself especially if you're thinking of doing anything crazy this too shall pass yes or you know if you guys are really meant for each other and it really is a love to last the ages Mm -hmm. then it'll stand the test of high school yeah so, are you much like Amnesty, ready to go international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirit. Ernie Dragon, das Rhein Fleisch Canoe. Rifle international. There's a couple of funny ones, but more just ones that I could totally see being actual titles. Uh, for selfless, Portuguese, benevolence. Mm. Not as catchy, but okay. Uh, German transitions, which at first I didn't like, but then I kind of thought like, well, I do kind of think it's awesome to have an episode that has a really dramatic transition shot to just be called transitions. Right. Um, then French identity crisis. Uh, sure. Although I think DC may have some words with you, <laughs> Germany. Uh, then for him, German uh, proof of love. Okay. Sure. And then French crazy about him. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Nothing like, oh, that should have been the episode title. And nothing quite like, 
what episode were you watching? Just, you know, internationally now. What was your alternate title? Uh, <laughs> wait, what was my alternate title? We're going to have to rewind the tape. Right. And I'm Mike, and welcome to the first episode of Sunnydale Stacks. I think we were on way too far. Shit. <laughs> I don't even remember introducing the episode like that. <laughs> How long is this tape? <laughs> now let's celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Sunday of the Week. I'm split. Usual criteria, if it's a super significant death, I want to give it to that. But the actual death of Helfrick is garbage. It's clearly shot on green screen. It feels super rushed because it had to be because mm. of like scheduling conflicts. And the other one I might want to give it to, the actual death is super cool, but the monster isn't. And that's the spider. Mm. I love, you know, Buffy just throwing it up in the air, spider coming down. At least then it's kind of a practical spider for a second. That old spider was so lame. But the Hellfrick was cool as a character, but her death was super lame. So I'm really split. Well, I'm breaking the rules a bit. What? Because, yeah. And then there's there's no deaths on him. So, um... Yeah. The jacket. <laughs> death to the jacket. Uh, no, when Buffy stabs Anya. She okay. doesn't technically die. Maybe she does for a second. She Meta- kind of looks like she stopped. Metaphorically, Anyanka dies. Boom. And did Anya- it. We did there it. There we go. There That's we go. I, I agree. Done. I, I'm chipping yeah, in. I'm jumping on that boat. Yeah, no, it's just it's a really well done scene. It fooled me. Really thought mm-hmm. that was it for Anya. I still feel like it should have been. So again, slay of the week. Mm-hmm. Metaphorical Anya death. So Mike, what is our white shirt count this week? <laughs> I believe five? Six. Six. Six white shirts. That's a lot of white shirts. <laughs> That's a lot of white shirts. I don't think I have ever owned that many white shirts. No. I don't own white. I will stain it immediately. Coffee all over that shit. I guess I haven't had a job where I've had to have a white shirt, but like I usually have at least two white dress shirts just being a a human male in Western civilization who has sure. to go to fancy things from time to time. When I worked at Starbucks, they don't have this um, uniform requirement anymore, but at the time it was either a black collar shirt or a white collar shirt. And we were always like... We work at a coffee shop. Who the fuck is wearing a white shirt? <laughs> Somebody who's way too into how perfect they are at their job. Yes, I met those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost kind of nice then. You have a little warning sign like, oh, you're going to be full of yourself and kind of a dick. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off Conversations with Dead People and Sleeper. When we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks.